Hello, adventurers. I want to take a moment to tell you that all our content can now be found uninterrupted and commercial-free on Apollo Plus. Apollo Plus is a subscription-based service that enhances your audio fiction experience with ad-free access to your favorite shows and exclusive content, while at the same time supporting us all as creators to keep bringing you quality content. Please take a moment to check out Apollo Plus at apollopods.com or download the app in your Google or Apple app stores. Again, that's Apollo Plus, your new home for quality audio fiction. Dawn of Dragons, Season 1, Episode 2. The sounds of merriment were deafening outside the small oak room. The bloodwood table was smooth to the touch. A deep coat of linseed oil mixed with peppermint rubbed into her finger gently as she stroked it. She looked at herself in the mirror. A smile crept across her face. Feels like a full house. She looked back at the small dish of peach-colored powder and the small horsehair brush in her hand. Smiling, she dabbed at it quickly and briskly applied it to her cheeks, bringing out the soft contours of her cheekbones under her bold eyes. There was a knock at the door. Come in! A joyful face peeked in at the door's handle height. It was Avar, the tavern's owner. My, don't you look splendid! We are almost ready to receive you, my shiny star. So everyone will be blinded by your beauty. Only your sweet music will save us from being lost forever. He twirled and clasped his hands together, barely able to contain his excitement. Are you excited? Yes! This, my dear, is a magnificent evening. The ale is bold, the wine is sweet, the cookies and the pastries are all lavish and not one person is in a foul mood. Ah, yes. I almost forgot. He reached into his pocket. This is for you. You look like a queen, and you need to be paid as a queen. He handed her a small bag of gold tied with a small golden dragon for a brooch. Oh, Avar, thank you. My dear, I should thank you. Since you have come to work for me, my place is so wonderful and cherry. What we all need in this is rough time. He became a bit somber. I know it won't last forever, but this establishment will enjoy you while you are here. She smiled and put her hand gently on his shoulder. Avar, I have no intention on leaving. I... Hush, child. He said, brushing under his eye briefly, giving her a reassuring smile. You are young, and Port Lefort is not a place to build a life. We are survivor here, you and I. You are too much of a star. I want you back in the sky from which you fell. He paused, thinking of something far away, as he took her hands in his. With a smile and a squeeze, he finally said, Wherever that is, promise me you'll find it. She smiled, knowing her little friend's big giving heart wouldn't let her leave until she agreed. All right, I promise. He nodded, and as she rose to leave, a big grin on his face as he reached into his pocket, producing a small vial of yellow liquid. He took off the crystal topper and dropped a few drops in the palm of his hand. As he gently slapped his rosy powdered cheeks with it, the smell of pine and honey came to her nose pleasantly. He smiled at her and offered his hand with a bow. Mustering up his pride and joviality, he proclaimed to her, Cordelia Shieldheart, muse of Potlefort, please come with me. For tonight is a... A night to remember. <laughs> Cordelia and Avar laughed as they left the dressing room hand in hand. 
The smell of sweet spiced wine, frothy ale, and even the slight tinge of pungent pipe smoke filled the air. The ladies' fingers' cookies had been almost taken as fast as they'd set them down on the long table used for the potluck of dishes brought in for the celebration. Tonight was the first night of the annual three-day festival in Port Lafour, marking the beginning of the trade season with the North. Half of the year, the waters only allowed trade with what the sailors called the Southlands. Though separated by continents and cultures, the kingdoms of Viridian and Troll actively traded year-round with the Kingdom of Kerr, where Port Lafour resided. Preferring to use Kerr as middle ground for trade, as they were neutral in most wars that sprouted up from time to time. The elves of Viridian and the orcs and men of Troll were always looking for fine smith goods of the dwarves, whether golden vases with gemstones encrusting the surface, making the light dance in a room, or the dwarven steel sword that was rarely needed to be sharpened. In return, the people of Kerr had to look for them for food and fineries the harsh desert couldn't provide. But only during the warmer months did the majority of the heavy merchant ships make those trips north. After the ice had broke, the sea had calmed and so did the creatures beneath its dark waves. This was when the furs, oils, and gems of the north could be traded. The artisans of all countries looked forward to this time as many of their goods depended on this for their own trade. The tavern was bursting at the seams. Shoulder to shoulder, people stood waiting in anticipation for a seat to open. Short man with bushy eyebrows looked and spied an empty seat at a table with three other people. He moved through the crowd towards it. He reached for the chair. Taken, friend. The young raven-haired man spoke to him. The little man sighed and walked away almost bumping into a tall woman with golden hair in a reddish suit of scale mail carrying four mugs in her hands. Excuse me? The woman shouted at the little man as he darted into the crowd. With a sigh, she continued to her table, remarking to herself that the bar was packed. There was no way the barmaids could ever get to them right now, and that they were on their own. Sophie sat down the mugs and began passing them out. There we are, Elabib. Wine for you and I, ale for you and Zorin, and... Milk? Benedict asked questioningly. <laughs> Sophie smiled. Yes, only the finest year, of course. He smiled and took it from her with both hands, offering a gentle nod of appreciation. Thank you, Sophie. Elaviv said, elbowing Zorin in the ribs. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Thank you. Sophie chuckled with Zorin. Oi, watch where you're going. Benedict noticed the Minotaur protest as two thugs pushed past it to sit at a dimly lit table back in the dark corner of the bar. They had dark cloaks and hoods covering themselves looked to be made of rough wool. They roughly shoved a terrified man into a seat and sat to either side of him. His wide eyes seemed to dart back and forth from behind the dirty, unwashed face. His thin, scraggly beard framed the gaunt and wiry features of the man as he trembled. He was dressed in dark black armor that hung loose from his body, barely finding anything to hold on to. Benedict could feel his own hair stand on end. He started to turn a hand back to the table without taking his eyes off them. Hey, Zorin, do you see... Avar stepped out onto the oak stage. Towering over the crowd, he wrapped a cane topped with a lion's head on planking, echoing through the room. The crowd grew silent. Ladies and gentlemen of Port Lafort, tonight we celebrate together the new season and together, 
made a stone judge us to be worthy of a great riches. The crowd erupted in cheers. He looked at the crowd and smiled, stretching out his arms, embracing the cheers and soaking the energy in. Benedict was staring at the dark men. They were motionless, the terrified man looking like he was about to cry. My friend, she is not a stranger, nor is she a stranger to you. Without further adieu, please welcome the muse of Port Lafort, Cordelia. The crowd cheered for the local favorite. Benedict noticed the smaller of the two cloaked men turned toward the stage sharply. After a moment, his shrouded head turned side to side, scanning the area. Three other musicians had taken the stage, flanking Cordelia. They each nodded and smiled before the tavern went deathly quiet. They could hear her breath as she raised the ivory flute to her lips. A small carved dragon dangling from her wrist. the cheers as Cordelia bowed her head. The other musicians smiled and applauded her as well. They launched into an upbeat melody and the room began dancing. Zorin leapt up and slammed his empty mug on the table. With his usual flair, he offered his hand to Sophie. She laughed and waved him away. Well, fine then. He grinned and then bowing began to join a few sailors in a rowdy hornpipe dance. Sophie and Elaviv cheered. Benedict was staring at the dark men. One roughly grabbed the terrified man and jerked him out of his seat. The other nodded as they made their way out of the bar. He tried to get the attention of his friends, but he found it hopeless. Benedict, though someone who followed a moral code of honor, wasn't a stranger to the occasional bar brawl, after all, and had a few scars marring the 20-year-old's young face. Action being imperative, he rose up and followed them outside into the street. The market square was a hundred feet on all four sides with a fountain of gray stone in the center of the smooth river rock cobblestones. The fountain was depicting a lion and a bear facing east and west respectively. 
people were still making their way to the Pig and Turtle. It was the biggest tavern and was known for the best entertainment. Other shops lined the open square, and people strolled through making their way to the various destinations. The smell of fruit, the sea, and spices filling the air. Bendik saw at the end of the building he had just walked from, there were the two men, one gripping the collar of the small man and roughly interrogating him. You there! Bendik started to jog to the men, his hand resting on the brass pommel of the broadsword swinging at his hip. They jolted, looking at him obviously startled. The small man broke free of the grip and ran down the dark alley, chased by the larger man. The third man, the smaller of the cloaked figures, stood up straight and shook his head, looking very annoyed. He turned and ran across the market. Bendik recognized the tactic and knew him to be the one with the answers. Sprinting through the street, the man leapt over a small cart and pulled a stack of apple crates down to separate his pursuer. Bendik dodged around them deftly and continued to sprint the broadsword clanking at his side. He knows the man was not hindered by a sword. The man dodged into a clothing shop, and as Benedict neared the entrance, he quickly unhooked his sword belt, where it clanged to the steps just outside the door. Move! He shouted at the terrified shopkeep, who dodged backwards into a pile of soft linens for sale. The dark man spun around just in time to catch a fist across his right cheek and a shoulder into his chest, pressing him into the wall. Benedict could smell trail dust and the musk of a man that had been on horseback for a very long time. Wait! You don't understand. The voice sputtered out of breath from behind the dark veil, his blue eyes determined. Who are you? Why are you here? Benedict gritted his teeth. What were you doing with that man? The shrouded man grabbed Benedict's arm, his dark sleeve falling back. Benedict's eyes grew wide. Listen, we've traveled a long way to warn this town, and I don't have time to explain. Something horrible is about to happen, and that man has the details as to when. Benedict was staring at the man's arm, trembling. It... it can't be. What? Benedict nodded, with the tremble still not letting down his guard. Where did you get that scar? That has nothing to... Where? I... The man sighed and looked around, judging his options. Realizing the best one lay in front of him, he took off the dark veil revealing a short week's old soft blonde beard and pulling his hood back, the sandy blonde locks fell across his cheeks. I... I saved my brother from a fire many years ago. Tears welled in Benedict's eyes. I th Benedict? The man's eyes welled up, years of solitary pain and hope boiling to the surface along with his tears. The long-lost brothers embraced in that shop. We lost you. I did too, honestly, and it's a story I promised to tell you soon, but we need to- Screams erupted from the square as flashing fire illuminated the terrified shopkeep's face. We need to go. Bolting out the door, Benedict grabbed his sword from the ground. The red glow of erupting fire casting eerily upon the dark leather scabbard. Looking up from the damp cobblestone, he saw them. He saw the dragons. Thank you for joining us for Dawn of Dragons. Follow us at dicetowertheater.podbean.com or dicetowertheater at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or WordPress. You can help support and keep this project free joining our Patreon program. 
You will earn rewards to enhance your experience while helping us to enhance this program for everyone. Sign up at patreon.com slash Dice Tower Theater. Also, you can donate at ko-fi.com slash Dice Tower Theater or by simply sharing us with a friend. Stay with us as we continue the story coming soon.